and welcome to today's episode of In Fellowship, the podcast where we explore community building through a chapter-by-chapter read of The Lord of the Rings. My name is Anna. And my name is Ellen. And in today's episode, we are discussing Book 2, Chapter 6, Lothlorien, Exploring Loss in Community. I think we should rename the chapter Lothlorien. Oh my god. (laughs) I have been waiting for so... I put this in my show notes. (laughs) Lost Lorian. I'm so sorry. That really I was so excited. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. But you and Ernest had a question. (laughs) (laughs) I was just wondering how you were feeling about the change of pace in the in this chapter compared to where we were before Mm -hmm. i know we we sort of talked about this offline a little bit but it does this chapter harkens back to the beginning of the book instead of you know the last couple of chapters drama etc yeah it's definitely notable Mm -hmm. the change of pace it feels almost what's a word to describe it it feels almost slow given Mm -hmm. the past two where we have so much exposed so much happens we've also now had this massive loss and blow to the company that it feels almost strange and maybe a bit of a prolonged metaphor for grief this sort of like unearthly beautiful next step in their journey that Mm -hmm. is I don't know it just is so like otherworldly I guess is the point that I'm making that it's a very it's a very notable change of pace yeah that's that's true there is a lot of emphasis in this chapter on just how different Lothlorien is and and how it feels and looks and is just different in every meaningful way it's different it's not Moria that's for sure Mm mm-hmm So, with that being said, did you bring a story for us uh, today? I did. I do have a story for us today. So, when I was living in Chicago, I had two roommates. And for this story, we're going to call them Sarah and Nicole. I had lived with them for, I think, like a year or two And we had a really great community. There was a community of friends that we all hung out with. We had a a good relationship as a trio. And when Nicole's parents shared the exciting news that they were going to buy a condo and give it to Nicole to manage as a rental property, it was very apparent who she was going to choose to live with her. It was a three-bedroom, so Sarah and I were the obvious candidates, and we moved in as her roommates. And so the three of us discussed rent payments, terms, Sarah and I signed the lease, and everything was really great for another year, another year and a half, until it came to light that the payment amount we had all agreed to and signed for was not the amount that Nicole had told her parents we were paying. It was less. And then when they found this out, they decided that Sarah and I owed them back rent from the past year and a half. So this, of course, created a huge fight. 
Sarah and I felt like we shouldn't be penalized for Nicole lying to her parents about how much we were paying. And Nicole felt like we shouldn't be mad at her for, you know, secretly trying to cut us a deal that her parents weren't aware of. And the mood, the mood at the home got so tense that I ended up going to stay with another friend for a few days until things cooled down. And I, I will never forget when Nicole's mom called me. And it was while I was staying at this friend's house. She gave me a call to discuss the payment terms. And she ended the call by saying, of course, Nicole is very upset by all of this. And I hope she won't lose yours and Sarah's friendship. And I I just really couldn't believe the gall that she had to try to act simultaneously as like a hard line landlord, you know, comfortable with holding up two 20-year-olds for about $1,200 each. And then at the same time, trying to act as like this caring, doting parent looking out for their child and their child's friends. So I, I ended up losing a lot in this story. I lost the security of having a peaceful place to live. You won't find it hard to believe that I moved out very shortly after this incident. I lost the community that we had built as roommates over the previous three years. And I lost Nicole's friendship, which was painful after having been so close to her for so long. But I think really inevitable given the circumstances and how everybody's actions played out there at the end. So when I look at how unmoored most of the characters for this chapter are, having lost the companionship, the leadership, and I think most of all the security of having Gandalf around, I remembered this this very tumultuous month in my past and, and felt a lot of kinship with the group here. Yes, I remember all of this happening. And I think I think to your sort of last statement there, the idea as well, it happens in such a short period, mm-hmm. feels that much more unsteady, right? So you, all of these things are changing all at once. And that's very similar to what our company is going through as well, where they're very abruptly sort of rocketed into this space of grief and loss and having to really reconcile while also having to continue to move forward and and make decisions. I think that just feels that much more challenging. Yeah, the lack of the lack of gra- is graduality a word? Gradation? I don't know. I'm going to I'm going <laughs> to look it up. Because because I'm going to google it. Yeah, you get you while well, you give that a google. Because both of these changes were so ungradual, they were they were very abrupt, I think that the loss is felt more keenly. It's like losing somebody to a surprise, like a car accident, as opposed to having somebody, you know, battle with cancer over a year and a half and you have that time to prepare. The loss is still great, but you have that, that buffer period. And for, for both me and my story and with Gandalf and and the company in this chapter, there is no time to prepare. It's gone from you have a place to live and you have a friend to you ha- do not have either of those things and you don't have a guide to get you through Lothlorien in the way that you expected you would. Mm-hmm. Graduality is a word. The quality or state of being gradual or of coming about by gradual stages. Huh. 
So there you have it. The more you know, there was no graduality. And I think that's interesting to think about when you consider that your loss is not less for having time to prepare. Mm-hmm. But there's something about like working through that initial shock mm-hmm. that like allows you to I don't know I don't know if it's feel a sense of control, but there's something about when you don't have that time, it feels as though you're being asked to like reckon with this thing so quickly Mm -hmm. that you're so consumed by like making an adjustment that it feels that much more, I don't know, it feels bigger. There's no processing time. Right. You're processing as it's happening, maybe. Well, as we've, we've sort of tiptoed around some of the different things that the company is feeling and seeing in this chapter, Would you like to run us through some of the main points of what happened? Yes. So as we said, the pace is a lot slower, perhaps, for this chapter. So the events are considerably less, I don't know, impactful? I I don't know. That's not quite the right word. The events are... There is a graduality to the events that that isn't present in the... They're not not jarring. That's right. Mm -hmm. So to put a fine point on it, the group kind of is rallying after they leave Moria and they end up traveling into Lothlorien and Legolas is like both excited to be there, but also so sad that they can't be there for autumn because the trees are so gorgeous at that time. Are you familiar with the phrase leaf peeping? Yes. I hate it. (laughs) Legolas is an amateur leaf peeper. For sure. And he is upset that he can't peep the Malorn trees at their peak fall foliage. Classic Legolas. Which I just, I think is just such a, like, what a time Mm -hmm. for you to be like, oh, you guys, if only we could be here when the leaves are gorgeous. They're like, we are all reeling right now, sir. Please gather yourself. <laughs> nope. He just loves his trees. We gotta support it. Loves them. Like to peep those leaves. Yes. So as they're as they're hanging out in the Lothlorien woods, they come across some Lothlorien elves and ultimately are invited to sleep in their tree houses because it isn't safe to stay on the forest floor. Thankfully that happens because at night the Orcs come, as does a bulbous-eyed creature who seems quite skillfully able to scale the tree, but both are kind of either lured away by the different elvish guards or sort of startled away by discussion of the elves below the tree. So then the next day, because the Lothlorian elves are quite insistent that they need to get in and get out of the forest... The company is taken blindfolded into a deeper part of the forest. Ultimately, they are, the company is allowed to remove their blindfolds because they have the trust of sort of the elven leadership. And then ultimately our chapter ends in the heart of elvendom and Aragorn seems sort of wistful and he never comes again to this heart of the elvendom again as as a living man. And that's how our chapter ends. What did you make of that last line, that he never comes again as a living man? Like, does he come as a ghost? I just, I felt like it was phrased very strangely. Well, and 
So that, I think, harkens to the conversation we were having at the beginning about Lothlorien almost feels heavenly mm-hmm. and otherworldly. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't sure if there is some mechanism for people who have passed to cross back and somehow interact with Lothlorien in that regard. I don't know, but I also found that strange. Is this like when you said, Ellen, no, the the havens are like heaven and i was like no they're like italy (laughs) (laughs) this is this is that same moment it's true lothlorien is very otherworldly and i could see how aragorn who is medium immortal (laughs) could come visit in some other form right or if there's any way for him to like oh maybe maybe it's meant like he dreams of it oh that's yeah that, that seems reasonable so in some way like in some ephemeral way mm-hmm. <laughs> he coming his back. spirit comes to Lothlorien mm-hmm. but never again his corporeal body <laughs> right. sorted that one out got that got that solved mm-hmm. all right so given that we've now solved that mystery where did you see examples of today's theme in the chapter so the first example is right there first page on that second paragraph and this is a quote from Aragorn He turned to the company. We must do without hope, he said. And I think this loss of hope is premature. I am disappointed that he gives that speech to the company of, you know, what hope have we without Gandalf? We must do without hope. I don't think that's true. And I think he's cutting himself and the rest of the group short because Gandalf did set them up for success. And I think acknowledging as a community that there is no hope would be very detrimental to the group morale. Right. It's almost like he's trying to characterize the trip up until this point as hopeful. Yeah. And now he's he's shifting the focus to them being yet avenged. So we're now our motivations are shifting pretty dramatically here. Mm-hmm. Which is true. I guess Aragorn does use vengeance to move through a lot of the other trials that that come his way. But I would never as a leader want to turn to the the group at large and say, no more hope. Let's just keep going anyway. And does it need acknowledgement? Like, can we just be like, we are grieving Mm -hmm. and we need to keep going. We don't need to talk about hope at all. We'll circle back to that later. Put that in the parking lot. Come back at a later date to hope. (laughs) Right, right. So the next example that I have is on page 377. Up to this point, we've talked about loss as a really negative thing and and of losing things of value. But here we see that Frodo loses the pain that he has been experiencing since being skewered. The mithril coat does save him, but he is bruised. And Aragorn comes in with his athalas, his ocelot. And helps heal some of Frodo's pain. And I, I just wanted to bring up that moment that loss is not always negative, And you can lose things that are maybe better left lost. I'm also now picturing a little ocelot dressed as a doctor healing Frodo's wounds. <laughs> yeah, it's just like pouring the water over him. Mm-hmm. His gentle little claws. Do ocelots have claws? I think so. They're like a cat. Yeah. So I'd have to imagine they do. Yeah. In any event. In any event. (laughs) We'll look that one up later. So the next example that I saw was on page 386. 
And as you mentioned in your recap, they spend the first night in Lothlorien sleeping in these, what I'm imagining are flat boards on the tree, like around the tree trunk in a circle with no railing or anything like that. Just like a big old flat platform. Is that kind of what you were picturing? Yes. And the reason why I think that point was driven home for me is because the hobbits grounded creatures that they are are nervous about rolling off yeah so i didn't get the sense that there were a lot of guardrails or barriers to keep that are kind of around it to keep you from from being able to kind of just fall out of this tree yeah and that was that was what i saw so i saw a real loss of comfort in the familiarity there's there is no familiarity for the hobbits here they are used to sleeping literally in holes in the ground and now they are in the exact opposite, a railless nest up in the trees. And that, that loss of comfort means that only Sam, God bless Sam, sleeps well that, that night. The next example that I saw was on page 390. And this is when Haldir is speaking, the elf that we have met from Lothlorien. And Haldir is talking to the company about how things are different now around Lothlorien. They don't trust as much. They are, they are concerned about how the world is changing. The exact quote I'd like to read is, quote, The rivers long defended us, but they are a sure guard no more. For the shadow has crept northward all about us. And this is a real loss of safety that this whole community is experiencing in not feeling like they are secure anymore in their home. And that, that one reminded me of, of the story that I brought at the beginning and not having that when you're feeling unsettled at your own home, there is no worse feeling than thinking like, I don't have a pleasant place to stay right now. And so I really felt for the elves here who are, have this encroaching shadow coming at them from all sides and they're unsure of, of where to go to find that safety. Then the last example from the chapter is kind of a humorous one. On page 391, the group is blindfolded, all of them, not just Gimli, at, at his ask. He is like, if I'm being blindfolded, we're all being blindfolded. And Frodo notices that, quote, being deprived of sight, his hearing and other senses sharpened. So this is again where it's not a completely negative loss. You lose something to make room for something else. And so I, I liked that moment in the chapter that he was able to not experience the woods in exactly the way that he would have had he not been blindfolded, but maybe a little bit deeper. And now that he notices the smell and the, the sound and all of those other senses still available to him. Yeah, I think that definitely responds to the statement you made earlier that not all loss is negative. Mm -hmm. And so this idea that something can be gained when something is lost or that loss is important or occurs for a reason, I think is a, is a meaningful way to frame loss sometimes. I know that my brain does not often do well at 
accepting nuance. Mm. <laughs> Often I, I think of things as sort of black or white or, um, you know, very, very opposed. And so making a nuance that something can make room for something else and that doesn't have to be inherently good or inherently bad, but it can just be what has happened is something that I struggle to do often and something that I felt like was very present through this chapter. Yes, I agree with you there that there's a lot of nuance. The chapter is not all sad. For having just experienced this very great loss, there the chapter is not all sad. And I think that's, that's something to, to note. Mm-hmm. Did you have any examples that you would like to bring to the group that you saw through this chapter? Most of what you discussed were also the things that I noticed, but there were a couple of things. One is that Gimli has lost his ability to feel joy on page 374, so just shortly after sort of processing the loss of Gandalf, Gimli is taking it quite hard and feels like he doesn't have the ability to feel joy anymore, which just feels like such a a permanent loss. This is after they've looked at the mirror mirror. And Gimli says, Now long shall I journey ere I have joy again. It is I that must hasten away, and he that must remain. So feels like Gimli has maybe lost some sense of familiarity and, and a sense of joy for the events that transpired in the minds of Moria. I feel like that when, when you are experiencing a loss or in some sort of sadness or despair, it's so hard to know that it's not going to be for forever. It's like, it's impossible. It's impossible to feel that when you're feeling that, that type of loss. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel for Gimli here because he's in this beautiful, you know, almost a religious spot that he wants to pay, make a pilgrimage to. Mm-hmm. And instead he has, he has to move quickly. There are orcs chasing him and he's like 15 minutes away from when Gandalf died. Right. Or fell, I guess we should say, when Gandalf fell. Right. And I think that that sort of theme early in the chapter continues, and you did a a nice job of explaining that. So one of the other things I had noted is Aragorn is talking with Frodo as Frodo's pain is being alleviated. Aragorn has this really delightful warning that he gives to him about taking off the mithril and says, Do not lay it aside even in sleep, unless fortune brings you where you are safe for a while, and that will seldom chance while your quest lasts, end quote. That's on page 377. And just kind of this continual dire feeling of loss of safety, loss of security, where you are guarding yourself even when trying to sleep. Oh, yeah. Frodo, for all of the crap that we give him in the movie for not (laughs) keeping it together, is really doing and going through a lot here and what's best for the group and sacrificing for the the community and really the the nation, country at large. So props props to Frodo. Early props to Frodo Mm -hmm. for, for his sacrifice. Yes. And then I saw an example, too, on page 382, perhaps most directly. So we have our our lovers, our star-crossed lovers, perhaps, Nimrodel and Amra. Lovers separated when evil awoke in the mountains, um, and many of the elves left Lothlorien 
So Nimrodel did not come to the ship where Amroth was waiting for her. And so there are spaces now named for her in Lothlorien, but neither she nor Amroth ever came back to Lothlorien. So for loss of an individual love, it seemed like the, the space itself of Lothlorien was too painful for them to return to. Mm-hmm. And then the last example I had is at the very end of the chapter on page 394 where they're talking about Lorien as its own, like, time. Its own, it's like a little snow globe almost. Yeah. Of, like, time and, and experiences. And so there's a quote. It says, quote, Frodo stood still, hearing far off great seas upon beaches that had long ago been washed away, and seabirds crying whose race had perished from the earth, end quote. And I just thought that was interesting to position Lorien as like this ancient, again, sort of otherworldly space and seems to hold things in time as a testimony to things lost. And so that seems a very interesting space for the company to be after experiencing a loss to their group. Yeah, there is. There's a lot of... I think there's there's a lot of imagery and, and real world metaphors we can use Lothlorien as in finding a space after loss. Mm-hmm. But to to what you were just speaking of, I did not notice that any other time that I have read this book that Lothlorien is truly so separate out of time that you can basically hear and see things through time. <laughs> like it it is it is its own bubble completely. And I, I just think that's very interesting that Lothlorien has that, whereas Rivendell does not. Right, yeah, there's something, there's like a, a heightened level of magic mm-hmm. or or something going on there that is not present in any of the other spaces that we've been in, you know, until this point. Mm-hmm. It's probably the Cimmerillion who would tell us in there why that is the case, but... Probably, but I'm not, like, rushing to go read it, I have to tell you. <laughs> we'll never know. We will never know. Speaking of never knowing, ocelots do have retractable claws. Wow. So, there you have it. <laughs> We've learned so much. Mm-hmm. So those were the examples. I didn't have anything more. What about you? This chapter is just, like, a sneak peek to the really good stuff of Lothlorien, so I think we're going to have more to say next week when we meet more of the main characters in this area yes i'm i'm very excited Mm -hmm. so without further examples let's chat about your action item what do you have for us today this week's action item is pretty simple i would like us all to acknowledge someone else's loss And it doesn't have to be a recent loss. In fact, I think if you acknowledge a loss that occurred longer ago, that can be a form of care. Because while the company in this chapter is dealing with a very immediate grief, the grief that can come from some losses will really stick with people for forever. So maybe you had a childhood friend who had a dog that you really have fond memories of. Send them a text saying, thinking of what a sweet dog Fido was and remembering the the joy that he gave us. And just acknowledging that someone else has experienced a loss and not expecting them to have 
forgotten or moved past that in a in a the time frame that society sometimes asks of us. I think that is a great way to strengthen a bond with somebody that you would like to be in better relationship with. I love that. The quote that comes to mind from this chapter is the quote from Haldir, who says, The world is indeed full of evil, and in it there are many dark places, but still there is much that is fair, and though in all lands love is now mingled with grief, it grows perhaps the greater. Mm, that's a good one. That felt very prescient for this last year in particular. Yes. Thank you, Haldir, and thank you, Anna, for, for bringing that to mine and the, the listener's attention. Right. Well, thank you for your action item. I think that'll be a good exercise for folks to practice a little recognition and a little community care and love through recognizing someone else's loss. Mm-hmm. Speaking of recognition. Yes. <laughs> Speaking of recognition, we just wanted to do another little shout out to those of you who have left us reviews on Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate it. And this week's shout out is going to JB Hobbit. Thank you for leaving us such a kind review. We think you are delightful. Really? Really we do? (laughs) Really we do. What do you think JB stands for? Joseph Bennett. Just a bomb hobbit. Just a bomb <laughs> hobbit. That's totally it. That's totally Speculating it. wildly. Yeah, you're a bomb hobbit. And um, if you guys want to be, if you want to be shout out on the podcast, go ahead and leave us a review and we will, we will do our best to shout out everyone who does so. And thank you so, so, so much for listening and for writing reviews. You truly don't know how much it mm-hmm. means to us. So thank you for making that extra effort. As we've mentioned, I am externally motivated, and so I need that (laughs) validation to keep this going. (laughs) Well, yeah, because we didn't catch that you're so smart on recording. (laughs) That's right. That's right. (sighs) Okay. Today's podcast was brought to you by the simmering cross-species friendship between Legolas and Gimli. It's not a bromance yet, but it will be. Our music is by Robert Zahn and Simon Dom. If you have thoughts on today's episode or homework assignment, send us a voicemail or email at infellowshippodcast at gmail.com. You can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Remember to take care of your community, stay hydrated, and thank you for joining us today in Fellowship. readjust my blanket here it's falling off <laughs> i can only imagine what that would have sounded like had that been hooked to your bike helmet <laughs> yes yeah just a nice like sound right right well ooh, there it is uh <laughs> boom boom